Well, just keep playing. Yeah. Because okay. I need to change my recording. nice to have time to just be it uh, really it seems like the Lord has really been trying to teach us something about that especially with our Wednesday nights the process of just being and just being still and just being in his presence so thank you guys for doing that We're going to uh, take up the offering now because Father Mark is here and he's going to be speaking today, but there might be prayer at the end and we just don't want to interrupt that all with an offering and announcements and stuff. So um, you pretty well know how it works and we have the ATM at the back. Father, we, we take this time to give back to you financially, Lord. You own it all. You're the one who gives it to us. And Father, this giving back is a process of worship. And it's a process of thanks. And, uh, Father, we want to do it uh, with a cheerful heart, giving from what we have, not from what we don't have, and just give it to you as a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Spoken here before. And uh, we, Mark goes back. The, it's, for those who don't know, it's such a crazy road because he was in New Life Center about two years before I arrived. And, uh, and then he moved on, and then I came in 1980. But that's where, that was our beginning church, I think. It's so, so crazy how things come together. We've had so many people in the last little while from New Life Center. It's just, I don't know what's going on with that. But uh, we have them coming, we have them dying, we have, it's, it's just uh, amazing. But uh, it's all associated with New Life Center. But uh, Mark was priest in a few uh, uh, parishes around the city. St. Thomas Aquinas, I think, was the last one. And now he's out doing, which is really neat, he's out doing evangelism and healing masses for people all around the province. It might even be the Maritimes. I don't know. He'll, he can say more about that. Um, but praying for healing and praying for salvation and, and for God's prophetic you know, presence on people. It's really wonderful. So I'm so happy to have you come up, Mark, and share what's on your heart, and you just take it from here. It's yours from here on in. I would like to invite you to stand, if you are able, just, just for a moment, as, we, uh, as I want to read a scripture text this morning, which I will be, be speaking from. 
This text is from uh, Luke's Gospel, uh, chapter 11, verse 1 to 13. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. And Jesus said to the disciples, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And your friend answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. If there is any father among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give, him, give the child a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it's good to be back here at Mosaic, as Pastor Keith was saying. I was here actually three years ago. Three years ago, just, just around this very time. I know it was in the summer because as uh, Pastor Key said, I had just, I just received this appointment uh, to do full-time evangelism and healing ministry from the bishop. It was a three-year appointment, and that's what I've been doing for the last three years, um, which is kind of unusual in our tradition. Usually, as a priest, you're in a parish, and that's the way it is, you're in a parish and you minister from that parish. But I was feeling this calling, approached the bishop, and uh, he was open to what I suggested and uh, gave me this three-year appointment. So that was up the end of May this year. And uh, the good news, for me anyways, <laughs> is we have a new bishop and he has renewed that appointment for another three years. So I'm good to 2025, okay? So I was here in 2019, and boy, a lot has happened since then. A lot of changes have taken place. Has anyone noticed that? The world has changed. Uh, a lot of things have happened. Um, and look, uh, God is in control, and that's what we have to understand. And everything is moving towards something. I'm going to speak, speak to that today. But another thing, big thing has changed in my life since being here three years ago, and that is that I had a milestone in my life. I turned 65 about three weeks ago. 
So that's a milestone. I'm now in a new season of my life. I'm, a, I'm officially a senior citizen, and I will welcome all the discounts and whatever other benefits <laughs> that I can get, as some of you are enjoying, okay? So uh, it's a new season, and uh, one of the things that happened for me as I was approaching uh, this milestone, and, uh, and even since, is I have been doing a lot of reflecting on my life, that my history, we all have a history, we all have a journey, my background, and you know, there's a famous saying by Socrates, the unexamined life is not worth living. So we do need to examine our lives from time to time, and, and I was doing, uh, have been doing a lot of this, and, and some things that, um, as you hit a milestone like 65, uh, I look back on my life and I can see, number one, the faithfulness of God. And our sister was speaking to that. That God is faithful, the goodness of God, that in every situation, uh, and I've had a few situations. By the time you get to 65, you've had a few situations that, and things that have happened in your life. And you can look back and you can see the faithfulness of God. Now, going through those times, it's difficult, but yet God is with us. But looking back on it, you can see that uh, how faithful the Lord was and, and how he was doing something in that time. And you gain perspective. That's how I look. You gain perspective. You, you realize that after you've seen God's faithfulness, that, you know, not everything, every trial is going to last forever. Not every crisis will last forever. Not every suffering will last forever. God is faithful. He'll bring you through it. He'll teach you something through it. You'll come out stronger, strengthened. If you cooperate with his grace, join it. That's the key. Turn to him and trust him through it and cooperate with his grace. So I'd like to think I've gained some perspective. I'd like to think that I've gained some wisdom. I'd like to think that I've gained some discernment. Learn to discern what is truly of God and what is not of God. What is the truth? What is a lie? What is a deception? Boy, do we need the gift of discernment today. We absolutely do. Learn to wait on the Lord. Not be so anxious. You know, if it's God, it's not going to be some pressure, like pressing thing that the devil screams, God whispers. God prepare you, prepares you for what he's calling you to do and but uh, uh, you gain, you gain, you learn to wait on the Lord, and you learn that that it's not dependent on you. It's it's really all God. Yet He calls us into what He's doing. So this morning, what I'm going to say, and I do believe I have some words to give you. I hope I believe they're going to be encouraging. I think they're going to give you some wisdom. I think they're going to give you some perspective on the season that we are in in salvation history. And, but it's not dependent on me. I, I, I read God's word there, and if I said nothing else, there should be something in there. But I believe I can help unpack this word, which uh, I believe the Lord has given us for this morning. So the first thing that I'd like to say is we've all, we're all familiar with the Our Father, right? And there has been many sermons, many teachings on the Our Father. It's the model. It contains within those words, the model of how we are to approach God, our good heavenly Father, and, and how we are to pray and to honor him. And the big thing in there is about forgiveness, that we need to forgive others and let go of unforgiveness and resentment. It's praying in advance that the Lord will protect us from 
temptation and the snares of the enemy and the schemes of the enemy. That's a, that's a preemptive prayer, I call it, against the snares and the wiles of the enemy. But there's this statement there, thy kingdom come. Okay, I want to focus on that little, that's, I have four points this morning. Thy kingdom come, what does that mean? Well, obviously, when Jesus came, something changed. Jesus, God broke into human history in a new and a fresh way when Jesus came. He inaugurated the kingdom of God. We really don't find that statement in the Old Testament, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Uh, yet God was certainly at work. But in a fresh, new way, something stupendous was happening with Jesus coming, the incarnation, God becoming flesh. And the first way that God's, God wanted his kingdom to come into people's lives with the coming of Jesus and this is ongoing because the mission of Jesus is ongoing, is he wants the kingdom of God to come into our lives. He wants his kingdom. And the way St. Paul puts it is, it's a kingdom of righteousness, a kingdom of peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So God wants his righteousness to come into our lives. Another word for righteousness is truth. He wants truth to come into our lives, which sets us free. When we, when we accept the truth of God's word and we, with his grace, begin to live his truth in our lives, we fully become who we were created to be, children of God, sons and daughters of God. We fully become, and that's an ongoing process, a deepening, ongoing. God wants to set us free of whatever it is in our lives that has bound us up. And there can be things that bind us up. People may have hurt us and wounded us. It could be from our own actions and sins and so forth. But God wants to set us free from all that. And the good news is he can. Jesus sets us free. He wants to remove any boulders or rocks or anything like that that's, that's preventing the flow of his grace and his Holy Spirit in our lives. So the Lord has come to restore. There is a a restoration that is happening when the kingdom of God comes in our lives personally and on, a, and on a universal scale, we're actually moving towards the fullness of the kingdom of God coming to earth. Did you know that? It may not look like it right now because the world is in a mess, but we are actually moving towards the restoration of all things in Christ, which will mean the kingdom of God in its fullness to come to earth and peach Peace and righteousness and joy and right order will all be restored. We're moving towards that. We're moving towards that. So the kingdom is coming. I believe the kingdom is coming today in a fresh way into our lives as we are open to it. It's, it'll be different for all of us, but the kingdom of God is, is coming into our lives. So then we have Jesus who gives a, he gives a little parable here. Again, this, we could say this whole reading of scripture is on prayer. So he gives a little parable. He says, suppose that you have a friend and you go to him at midnight. And why are you going to this friend? You're going because you have a need. And the need is you've got somebody that's come to visit you, but you, but you don't have anything to offer them. And he's using food as, as, the, as uh, the analogy here. And you say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. Lend me three loaves because a friend has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. Well, Jesus says the friend's reply is not that positive. 
But then Jesus says, well, because of his persistence, even if uh, he's kind of asleep and in bed, because of his persistence, he says, I'll get up and I will give him whatever he needs. Now that's on a human level. That's, that's Jesus saying, this is, this is what would happen even on a human level. Not really receptive to providing at the, at the, at the time because you're in bed and you're, you want to just have a nice sleep. But you got a persistent friend, you're going to meet his need, okay? But then he's, then he, you know, our Heavenly Father is so different from that. That's not the heavenly, our Heavenly Father. Our Father is someone who is just waiting for his children to ask. He, is just, he loves it, and he's just waiting for his children to come, and he wants to meet all of our needs. But he says, you've got to ask, and you've got to seek, and you've got to knock. Okay, God wants to meet all of our needs. He is a good God, a generous God, a kind God. He knows our needs, but he says, you need to ask. Well, why do we need to ask? If God already knows our needs, because he wants us to express our desire. God wants us to express our desire. Every person that came to Jesus in his earthly ministry had a need, healing, whatever, whatever it was for a family member, a personal need, whatever. Jesus knew the need, but he always wanted them to express it. Because we have a need to express our desires. When you're in a relationship with someone, you just can't hope that they understand your desire, can you? Because they can't read your mind. So you have to express your desires when you're in a relationship. That's a part of relationship. Expressing desires. When you're in a healthy, positive, loving relationship, that happens all the time. Honey, can you get that for me? <laughs> I have a 91-year-old mother. <laughs> and we as a family are kind of looking after her at this stage in life because she has a lot of needs and some limitations. As you get older, you get some limitations. You, I, I, even I have some limitations, things I couldn't do before. She has no problem expressing her desires, let me tell you. <laughs> I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Can you get this? Okay, so God wants us to express our desires. This is a real important teaching and something we need to, to get this morning about prayer. We can't just passively sit back and think that God will meet all our needs or that he will do things. He wants us to come and to ask. Now, we're, we're, we're kind of pretty good at asking. But we're not very good at seeking and knocking. That's what I've discovered. There are a lot of people, Christians, who will ask the Lord for this, that, and the other thing. But we, we, we like to, because we live in a society where we want everything instantaneously without any effort. And that's kind of flowed into the church. We think that God is like McDonald's. You drive up and you make a request and you get it right away. Or Tim Hortons or whatever. No, God asks us to do some seeking and some knocking. There's an increasing intensity there. Now, sometimes you do ask. I, I can tell you, and I know that this would be your experience, that the Lord answers, and it's almost like immediate, and, 
And sometimes uh, it's just amazing how quickly the Lord will do something. But there's other things that we want God to do, situations in our life, situations in other people's lives, that it's going to take some seeking and some knocking. Okay? Persistent prayer. Persistent, ongoing, intercessory prayer. Now, I know there's a teaching, and I, I teach on this all the time on faith. It's not a teaching. It's in Scripture. It's Jesus' teaching on faith that it, when you ask for something, believe you have received it, and it shall be yours. But it, the it shall be yours doesn't always happen instantaneously. So it's okay to remind God, okay? Lord, I've asked, and I believe it's coming. I'm just reminding you, Lord, thanking that the answer's on the way. I am continuing to pray, and part of your persistent prayer is maybe fasting. Adds power to our prayers. Things like that, so... We've got to continue to seek and knock until the answer is received or the door, the door is open. A very important teaching on prayer. We are in a time that um, we need, uh, there's, a, there's a call to the church for intercessory prayer. I'll say more about that in a minute. So we have a good Abba Father, our Daddy. He knows our needs, but he wants us to express our desires. And he will meet our needs. Sometimes it's right away or very quickly. He knows the right timing for everything. And I want to encourage you to not just be an asker, but a seeker and a knocker and see what the Lord does. My, uh, my second point, I kind of skipped by it. So let me come back to my second point. It's interesting that this, in this particular teaching on prayer, Jesus said he came at the midnight hour, or at midnight. That's, that's an important, that's, that's not just a minor detail, it's a significant detail, especially in our time. In scripture, we hear a lot about midnight, or something happening of significance at midnight. Uh, just two examples, Matthew 25, Verses 1 to 13 is the parable of the ten virgins. And it says, the cry went out at midnight. The bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Now, I don't know what your eschatology is. That's a fancy name for end time biblical prophecy. <laughs> but I want to tell you that uh, it's my firm belief we are approaching the midnight hour. Now, the signs are around us. Uh, all around us that Jesus gave us uh, in, in the Gospels and also uh, the prophetic Old Testament scriptures and also the prophetic New Testament scriptures that we find uh, in, in the New Testament, the epistles and so forth. Um, they're all around us. And uh, yet, 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 the vast majority of the world is asleep. They're in a slumber. They're in a total Spirit, they're totally spiritually asleep. And we all have them in our families. I have 17 nieces and nephews, and I have six uh, brothers and sisters alive, okay? And I know that many of them are not where they need to be with the Lord. But I am believing that every one of them will be in the kingdom, and that I, and I am intentionally praying for that, asking, seeking, and knocking. And I'm starting to see some little conversations that are taking place, doors that are opening. So um, 
The midnight hour, I believe we are approaching the midnight hour. And, the, and again, it's a, this is the season that we are in. You know, in Exodus 12, 29, at midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn of the Egyptians. Now, I'm not giving you that scripture to say that judgment is falling today or tomorrow, okay? We're still in the time of mercy, the time of mercy, the day or the day of the Lord or the day of justice has not yet come yet. But we can see that the birth pains are increasing. Would you agree with that? In nature and in, in all of the societal upheaval, um, talking to Pastor Keith just a week and a half ago, uh, global shakings was the word that he used. Uh, we, we might consider the last two and a half years a, a global shaking. Well, there are going to be other shakings coming. I'm just letting you know, okay? Yeah. And there will be many suddenlies that will happen. But for us who know the Lord, none of this should surprise us because it's been foretold. And we should be, now I'm going to get to my fourth point. We should be the ones who are, someone mentioned overcomer this morning, or maybe it was in the last upbeat song you were playing when the offering, overcomers. We should be the overcomers. We're the called, we are called to be overcomers in this time as, as the body of Christ, as God's people here on earth. And God, whatever situation, whatever is going on in the world, God always provides the grace for it. And so he is providing extraordinary graces in this time. Now, some have referred to a coming new Pentecost. I don't know if anyone has ever heard that term. Uh, new Pentecost, you ever heard that? No? You've never heard that? Okay. Well, there are those that have written about this, and uh, in our tradition anyways, uh, that there's a new Pentecost coming. Now, I firmly believe that there are things that happen prophetically in Scripture where there is a dual fulfillment. There's that initial fulfillment. There was that initial fulfillment of Joel, uh, Joel's, Joel's prophecy from uh, Joel 2, I believe it is, beginning in 23, about the Spirit of God being poured out on all flesh and visions and dreams and that people will have. That was fulfilled in the first Pentecost, 50 days after our Lord's resurrection. And by the way, Pentecost is ongoing. There wasn't just one outpouring of the Holy Spirit. If you read the book of Acts, there were many outpourings on the apostles as they gathered and prayed and fasted. It says they were filled again with the Holy Spirit. So we don't just receive the Holy Spirit one time. We should ask for an infilling of the Holy Spirit every day. Amen. And if you're not doing that, I encourage you with everything in me. We are leaky vessels. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. And you, and you get filled by asking. Asking. You get filled by reading God's word through your personal prayer life and, and so forth. And you stay filled by associating with the right people, by coming to this house of worship, worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth, gathering with your brothers and sisters in Christ. This is how you stay filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, New Pentecost, just write now, New Pentecost. I'll give you some scriptures. Hosea 6, verse 3. Chapter 6, verse 3, Isaiah 60, verses 1 to 2. There is this 
And then there is Amos, Amos 9.13. You write those three scriptures down. They, they speak about a coming time when the Spirit of God will be poured out in abundance. And uh, I believe it's Amos that speaks about how the, uh, uh, the reaper will overtake the sower or something like that. I always get that confused. Like, in other words, you know, when we're, when we're proclaiming the Word of God or, or telling anyone about Jesus, God's love in Jesus Christ and the salvation that he offers and the peace he can give and the hope and the joy, that's sowing the seed of God's word. And, it, and, it, and you know, you're, you're sowing the seed of God's word probably in some way. Every day you live your life, and it's certainly proclaimed here, the seed of God's word. And, you know, there's coming a time, the scripture says, when the harvest is coming in. All the seeds that we've sown, all the prayers that we've prayed, they're going to kick into effect because God will shake to awaken. The reason God shakes is to awaken and so that his glory can come. So while the shaking is going on, and the shaking will continue and probably intensify, here's what you and I need to know. For us, God's people, more glory is coming into our lives. Isaiah 60, verse 1, it says, Arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord has come upon you. And, it, and if you read the, se the second, just a, a verse after that, it says, Deep darkness covers the earth. So at a time when deep darkness is covering the earth and shaking is going on to awaken, the glory of God is coming more and more into God's people's lives. A new Pentecost. A new anointing for the season that we're in. God will give all the grace. And we're going to need that grace because coming back to Jesus and his teaching here on prayer, the friend comes. He's got a friend that came to him and he had nothing to give him. So he had to go ask his other friend for three loaves of bread. So what does that mean for our time? Here's what it means for our time is God is going to be bringing people to us, to this place to you personally in your life. And you're going to need something to give them. What is it you're going to give them? The bread of life, Jesus Christ. And don't just ask for one loaf, ask for three. So that you'll have an abundance. An abundance to give. You will be filled with the Spirit. You will be empowered. You will have something. You'll be able to minister to them Jesus Christ, the gospel of life, the source of living water. And some of these people are going to be wounded because the world is wounded at this stage. Maybe many, most of them are going to be wounded. So they're going to, they're going to need some ministering to, to get them healed and restored. And we're going to know how to, and we're, we're, going to know, we're going to need to know how to do that. And God has been equipping his church to do that more and more are being equipped. You know, I have found in my personal ministry just the last several months that as well as doing what we call parish missions would be kind of like a revival meeting in your tradition or what they used to call those things, uh, uh, parish missions, conferences, retreats, healing masses. I'm also finding the Lord is, 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 uh, is giving me the privilege, because it's always a privilege, to minister to people one-on-one. -on -one. People who need some personal ministry and he's put some people in my life that I can do that with. And, and I, there was just three, three people in the last, just really the last month that we've ministered to. And they were believers, but there were still things in their li life that were holding them back. 
there were still some areas where the enemy had a stronghold or a foothold. And we need to know how to minister to those things. And there's kind of five key things when you're doing this, and I'll just mention them. Number one, you've got to identify where, where the blockage is. What's the blockage? Where's, the, where's, the, where's the, the stronghold or the foothold? So you've got to identify. There may be a need of confession if someone has entered into some sin that has opened the door for that. So there may be a need for a confession. Sometimes it could be the actions of another person, so there's no need of confession. Then there is renunciation. You take authority over that in Jesus' name. And you renounce the effects and the consequences and the attributes of that thing that has gained the stronghold or foothold in your life. You renounce it in Jesus' name. You command it, and then you command it to go. All of its effects, the consequences in your life, you command it to go in Jesus' name. So renunciation, then commanding, and then prayer, prayer for God's blessing, the Father's blessing to come into that, life, that person's life and to fill that area of their life where the enemy, with God's peace, his love, his joy. And to heal the wound if there's a, a wound there, whether it be a, a wound of the heart or a memory, and both of them kind of go together. God can do that. He heals the wound of the heart and he heals the memory. He doesn't take away the memory, but he takes away the pain associated with the memory. Because ultimately, God wants to use that person to minister to others as they have been healed and restored and bring healing and restoration. So that's happening. And, and so, brothers and sisters, this is a time to prepare ourselves, to prepare ourselves for a harvest that is going to come into the kingdom of God and what your part in it is. And all of us here this morning have a part to play. Some will be ministering in person to people. Others will be helping in other ways. Others will be, we all should be interceding for a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, not just in our lives for this new anointing which God is offering, but for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the world. It's only the Holy Spirit that can awaken people. It's, as you know, the Holy Spirit is the one that awakens people to their need of God, that God exists that he loves them, that Jesus died for th them, that God wants a relationship with them. And the way to have that is just come to Jesus for his mercy. Every sin can be forgiven, and then the Lord wants to heal and restore us. And so we're in a time of equipping, a time of preparation, and there is a new anointing that is being offered, a new Pentecost at this time. The last thing I would just say is, just again, an exhortation uh, to continue to come to this church, this Christian community here at Mosaic, an authentic Christian community. You need, you know, the scripture says in Hebrews 10.25, let us not neglect the assembling of ourselves as some have done. You see, some have done that. Since COVID, they, they haven't returned. For whatever reason, we don't judge. You know, some, some are actually still afraid to gather in person. Some think sit, sitting home and watching it on Facebook or YouTube is the same as gathering in person. It's not. We have that in our tradition. Many have not returned because everybody started doing, we call them our mass, our service, 
masses uh, on Facebook or YouTube, and they, they, they think that sitting home and watching on Facebook and YouTube is the same as being in person. It's not. But thanks be to God, you're here. Encourage others to return. But do not neglect the assembling, as some have done, encouraging one another, it says, as you see the day approaching. As you see the day approaching. So it's so important. You know, a spark, you know, we have this, this raging fire going, and you know how sparks will pop out from time to time? Well, you notice that those sparks that pop out, they're no longer part of the fire. Well, they, they go out pretty quickly, right? See, that's what happens when we, we don't, when we disengage ourselves from the body of Christ. Whereas we continue to gather together, the fire stays burning hot and bright, and, and this is a lighthouse in this area. So continue to come. Because I know you're hearing the word of God here. You're hearing the word of truth. You're being, you're being encouraged. And I know, I think, I think uh, you have a Wednesday night prayer service. Is that right? So, you know, when you're able to, come. I mean, you know, I know, I know that Pastor Keith doesn't do this, and I always say it. We don't lay burdens on people. We, we make things available. We make things available. And we invite. We inform people of what we're doing, why we're doing it, and we invite you to come. So when you're able to come, come to your Wednesday night prayer meeting. But in your own personal life, be that intercessor, praying for the harvest to come in. And you know, you're doing other things, like, you're, like we're mentioned this morning, to help people in tangible ways, so, which, is, which is wonderful. So that's my word this morning, which is the word of God. And uh, what I've uh, also discovered is that when the word of God is proclaimed, which is, which is the biblical principle, uh, when I do healing masses, uh, I preach, I try to lift people's faith, I tell them what God has done in, in my life and in other lives, testimonies. The purpose of a testimony is to give glory to God and to let other people know that if God did it for you, that he can do it for them. So an important part after the word of God is proclaimed is to invite people to respond because God wants to confirm his word by, by working, right? Signs and wonders. As I was, uh, as I was going, I, I did a healing mass just uh, Thursday night up at St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta Church up on the corner of Normandy and Roby Street. And I was, I was driving up Lady Hammond Road and there was a, a, a nice modern office building, but there was a sign on, on the, towards the top of the office building, and it said, uh, Winner's Chapel, home of signs and wonders. Yeah. Now, I'm, a pro I'm presuming that's a church that meet there in that office building, but I was saying to the people, okay, that church believes in signs and wonders, and they're actually putting it out there, saying if you come to our church, you'll experience signs and wonders. So I said, I'm here, we're here tonight, gathered in Jesus' name. Uh, I'm expecting some signs and wonders. Now, I'm here at Mosaic Church this morning. The word of God has been proclaimed. God is good. God can meet your need. God can heal and restore. He can bring you through every situation. That's been proclaimed this morning. Amen? <laughs> so there might be some that would want some prayer. And uh, we're open to doing that today. I'm open to doing that. If there's others that... In your, in your church that pray with people, because I can't do it all myself. <laughs> uh, we could have a time of ministry and prayer.
and uh, maybe that's where we might go next. Uh, we want to receive an impartation, a further impartation of God's kingdom into our lives this morning. We could pray for that new anointing. You could have a per per personal situation. Uh, you may want prayer for that, but the Lord is here. He's good. He's our good heavenly Father. And the Spirit of God is here. The presence of God. The presence of Jesus is here. And there is a freedom and a peace. I'm sensing. And I know God would like to work. So you have a beautiful music ministry here. Maybe, I don't know how you want to do it, Pastor Keith. Going to put on some music. Um, it's been a privilege for me to be here. And we go in grace and hope in Jesus' name.